Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Series we started last week called The Presence. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. If I could get that table too, that would be amazing. Yeah, if I could get that. Um, we, we can keep it kind of out of the way, but I, uh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Um, Acts chapter 16 is where I'd like for you guys to turn. Now, last week we talked about the presence of God and we talked about how God is with us. If you're a believer, he's with you. He never turns his back on you. He never leaves you. He is always there. We also talked about the fact that there's nowhere that you can go on this earth where he will not be there with you. It doesn't matter if you go to the highest highs or the lowest lows, God is there with you and and he is everywhere. He's everywhere. We cannot escape him. And, and honestly, we talked about this last week too. Like when you experience the presence of God living on the inside of you as a believer, you never want to leave his presence. Like you begin to crave his presence. You begin to desire his presence. You begin to look forward to being in his presence. But when, I was, um, when God was leading me to, to do this series, one of the scriptures, or there's a few scriptures that really jumped out at me that, that I've always asked this question, and maybe, maybe you've asked this question, maybe you've never really thought about this before, but, but I think last week most of us that are believers have heard that message and maybe even understood that truth, that when you give your life to Jesus, he comes and he lives on the inside of you, and he's with you, and he never leaves you, and he never forsakes you. But... What about the scriptures when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Or in James chapter four, verse eight, where, where it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, but I thought he was always with me and already in me. And, and where two or more gathered, he is there, but I thought he was always here. He's always with me and he's everywhere. And then this one, this one, I love this one. You hear this one all the time in Psalms 22, 3. Now, depending on which translation you read will depend on how accurately it says it to the way that you've probably heard it. But here, if you've been in church, you probably heard this. God inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, I don't know if y'all are not the church crowd or y'all didn't go to those kind of churches, but I've heard that a lot anyway. God inhabits the praises of his people. And so you start to put these together and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. God is always with me. He never leaves me. He never turns his back on me. So where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there, but he's already here and he's already all, all in the earth. And, he, and like, what? But if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. But how much nearer can he be? Like, he's already in my heart. Like, that's already as close. Like, that's as intimate. Like, I don't know how you get closer than my heart. And then he inhabits the praises of his people. Like, he lives in our praises. But I thought he already lived inside of me. Like, what is going on? I don't know if you've ever thought like this or ever, ever considered this, but, but man, I, I've always been like, man, God, I know you're in me. And then I, I read these other things in the scripture. I hear these other things and I'm like, I don't, I don't, what does that mean? 
Today, in order for us to understand this, we, under, we need to understand a few things, and so that's why these chairs are out here. In Psalms 103, stands at 19, it says, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So, so Alvin, can you, can, you come up, um, can you come and sit in this red chair for me? Um, now, now, let me just say this. I, I wanted big throne chairs. Y'all know what throne chairs are? Oh, if you've been to church, if you've been to old school church, maybe that's not right. You know the throne chairs. The throne chairs that only the pastor can sit in. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I can't tell you the whole story. I don't have time. But I sat in one of those one time in, in Michigan, and um, it was the pastor invited me to come sit. It was, it's, it's, it's one of the funniest stories I have. But the throne chair, it was so big, and, and I'm not so big. So when I'm sitting there, the back of the throne chair is like super high and like I'm not, I'm not going that high. But what was worse was it was so high off the ground that my feet, my feet dangled and I was like, oh man, I wanted throne chairs, but we don't have any throne chairs. So this is, this is the closest we can get to. What Alvin is representing here is God is seated on the throne in heaven. God is seated on this throne in heaven, and this throne in heaven doesn't just encompass heaven, right? The Bible does tell us, though, that as God is seated on the throne in heaven, that the angels are just constantly worshiping him, circling him, singing holy, holy, holy. And I was going to sing that for you, and then I thought, no, it'd probably be better if Zoe sang it for you. And then I was like, I didn't tell Zoe, so I'm not going to make Zoe come up here and sing that, at least in first service. But, 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 but the presence of God in heaven, he's sitting on the throne, and it's so amazing and so majestic and so powerful that the angels are just circling and singing holy at his majesty. But this throne in heaven, it encompasses all of this, and you'll see what this is later, but it encompasses not just heaven, but it encompasses all of earth. His throne is not just situated and, and, and stagnant in heaven, but it permeates through the entire earth. And we looked at this last week, like you cannot escape the presence of God. He is everywhere in the earth. There is nowhere that you can go. And we don't get to make the decision to put him on this throne. He's on this throne whether you recognize he's on this throne or whether you don't recognize he's on this throne. But there's another throne. Ted, can you come up and sit right here in this chair? This chair, Ted is going to, um, I, I try to get the big guys, the tall guys, at least for these two. And, uh, and, and, and this throne is, is, we talked about this last week too, like we get to decide who sits on this throne. This throne is the throne of our hearts. This is our throne, the throne of our hearts. And the moment that we ask Jesus to come and, and be our Lord and Savior and we give our lives to Jesus, then he comes and sits on this throne, on the throne of our hearts, which is encompassed by the throne that God the Father sits on in heaven. And now Jesus, as we invite him into this throne on our hearts, now, now he gets to sit and he gets to call the shots. And he gets to, to do all that. Now, now, we're not physically in heaven, and so we need Jesus here to be on the throne of our lives and what we are doing and what we're not doing. 
And, and, and when he does that, he comes and this throne is in our hearts and so he never leaves us and he never turns his back on us. And he's with us no matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter what happens, Jesus is there and he will not ever leave that place. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Now, this third one, um, um, Eddie, I'm going to ask you to, to come up because I may have you get up and move a little bit and I, I may not. Eddie, if you could sit on this, this, this third chair for me. Um, I've asked Eddie to come sit up here because there's a third throne that I want to talk about today and this is where I want to spend most of our time. So if we have God the Father on the throne in heaven that encompasses the entire earth, then we have Jesus on the throne of our hearts, then we have Eddie as the Holy Spirit on the throne of what I'm calling moments in our lives. And there's these moments in our lives where the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit sits on a throne, if you will. The Holy Spirit takes over those moments. The Holy Spirit calls the shots in those moments moments the holy spirit is king in those moments now theologically if you're like what's going on god the father jesus holy spirit they are one but three separate people that's a whole nother conversation for a different day for a different time um but this holy spirit on the throne of these moments is what i want to talk about today and we get to decide this as well we get to decide who's on the throne of these moments. We get to decide who's on the throne of our hearts. We do not get to decide who's on the throne in heaven. Now, God shows up. We're talking about God's presence. God shows up when he wants to, right? Like, there's examples of this in the scripture where God shows up to Moses in the burning bush or God shows up to Jesus after being baptized or even after Jesus is crucified that he shows up to the disciples. Like, these are moments where God wants to show up and God shows up. And the Holy Spirit sits on the throne of those moments and God's presence comes in and God is there with those people in those situations and that's because God wants to. Now, obviously, there's deeper reasons, but, but essentially God wants to. God also shows up when he's needed. Maybe not when we think he's needed, but when he knows that he's needed, he, he shows up. God shows up for Daniel in the lion's den. God shows up for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they're thrown into the fiery furnace. Jesus shows up for the woman caught in adultery. But we don't control those times when God shows up. There are times when we can control who sits on the throne of the moments by the third way that God shows up. And the third way that God shows up is when God is invited. When God is invited, he shows up. Now, he's always with you and he's always in the earth. But when we invite his Holy Spirit into a situation, into a moment, he shows up. Now, there's examples of this, and, and I got to get through this quickly. Oh, wow. I got to get through this really quickly. There's examples of him being invited through the word, the word being read, the word being spoken. In, in Exodus chapter 16, verse 10, when Aaron was speaking to the congregation of the people, they look out and they see the glory of the Lord. They see the presence of God. In, in the book of Acts, they see this all the time. But in Acts chapter 11, verse 15, um, as they were speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did at the beginning. The presence of God shows up when the word of God is spoken, when the word of God is put out into the atmosphere, into those moments. Holy Spirit shows up and sits on that throne of that moment. But also in prayer, you look throughout the book of Acts, 
when they were all in one accord and the, and the, and the Holy Spirit comes in. They were in prayer. When the Holy Spirit comes in like a, like a mighty wind, like, like the Holy Spirit just comes in to not just that time, but throughout the book of Acts, we see people in prayer and we see the Holy Spirit come sit on this throne of those moments and show up in very real and very powerful ways. But in Acts chapter 16, I want to read to you what I want to focus on the rest of our time, beginning in verse 25. Beginning in verse 25, Paul and Silas had already been in prison. They'd been in prison for doing what God wanted them to do. And they, they had been, if you back up just a few verses, you'll see that they had been beaten, that they were not only in prison, but they were uh, shackled and they were guarded in prison. Um, and in verse 23, it says, they had inf- when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jail to keep them safely. And then in verse 25, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, now, you may have heard this story, but stay with me. They had been beaten. They had been imprisoned. They, they were in pain. I mean, they had a rough day, okay? This is a rough day. Many blows. When the Bible says many blows, that's some serious stuff. That, that's not like, like, like the other day, um, my, my, my youngest son kind of pushed my oldest son. My oldest son kind of pushed him back. And so my youngest son just kind of right across the face. But nobody was hurt. Right? It's boys. Don't email me. It's boys. I was right there. I saw the whole thing. It's boys. I handled it. It's boys. Nobody's hurt. That's not what this is talking about. These are soldiers. These are rough, tough Guys who are, are giving many blows, many punches. I mean, all, I mean th- this is a rough day. This is a rough day. You done got beat up. You're bleeding. You're bruised. You may have something broken. Like, you, this is a rough day. And, and now you're thrown in prison, if that's not bad enough, for doing what God wants you to do. But in prison, you're shackled and you're guarded. Like you're some big, uh, tough guy who's going to break out of prison. And here you are. Like, what would you be doing at midnight? on the day that you were beaten, bloodied, bruised, and thrown in jail. I'm going to tell you what I would be doing. I would be trying my best to get some sleep. Because I know the next day is not going to be much better than today. And I know that the next day I may be facing even more than what I face today. And I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And in prison, I'm going to do everything I can to go to sleep. Don't act like that. I know y'all would do that. After an exhausting day, after a painful day, they're not going to sleep. They're going to prayer. They're praying. They're praising God. They should be resting, but they're praising. They're praying. And see, sometimes as Christians, we value rest over prayer. So, so we don't wake up to pray because we're, we, we need our rest. We don't stay up to pray because we need our rest. If God wakes us up in the middle of the night, we try to do everything we can to go back to sleep instead of pray. And at midnight, when they should be resting, they're praying and they're praising. They sang, specifically they're praising through, through song, not in a church service. They didn't come on Sunday morning to do this. They are in prison 
at midnight singing. And they're singing, we're going to read, and the other people in the jail could hear them. They're not like singing like I would be singing. I'd be singing real low. I'd be whisper singing. I'd be singing in my head. Last night I had my AirPods in and, and, I, was, and I was listening to praise and worship music and, and I never know like if my wife's coming around or if the kids are going to wake up or whatever. And so whenever I get like I really get into worship and like I'm, I got to sing, like I can't contain it, I still try to do it real quiet. Because when I do it, it's a joyful noise. <laughs> and, but, but you know, there's times like you just can't contain it. But it's not like so the whole house can hear. But they're singing so the whole jail can hear. At midnight, after being beaten, after being thrown in prison, they are praying and praising. And others are listening. I just wonder in the middle of our prison sentence, in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our fear, if we lift our voice in worship to God. Or if we step back and we try to get our rest. And we try to naturally just get past these moments. When we keep reading in verse 26, it says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all that were in his house. Many of you all know this story, but God shows up in the middle of Paul and Silas coming together, drawing near to God and singing his praises. It's in this moment that God is still on the throne. He is still on the throne in heaven and it's covering the entire earth. That Jesus is on the throne of their hearts and he never leaves them even in this moment of prison, even in this moment of pain. But it's in this God of the moments, this throne of the moments that the Holy Spirit comes in and shakes the entire earth so much so that the doors of the prison were opened so that everybody could be free. We read in 1 Kings chapter 19 how God was not in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the still, small voice. Here in Acts chapter 16, he's in the earthquake because God can come in the earthquake. He can shake the foundations of whatever is imprisoning you to open the doors to your freedom. He absolutely can and will do that, especially when he's invited. When he's invited into those moments where you feel imprisoned, he absolutely can bring you freedom. If you think about this, every single person in prison is there because of something that's happened in the past. Nobody's in prison because of what they did right now. They're there because of something that happened or something that they did in the past, whether that was hours ago or days ago or years ago, it's because of something that happened in their past, every single one of them. And this is important because the Holy Spirit will come sit on the throne of present moments. So you may not be in, in clearly right now, you're not in a physical prison, otherwise you wouldn't be able to come in here. 
but you may be in a mental prison or an emotional prison. And those prisons are there because of something that has happened or something that you have done in your past. And right now, it's not a matter of whether or not God's on the throne. God's on the throne. He is on the throne in heaven and it is covering the entire earth. If you've given your life to Jesus, then he is with you and he has the strength and the power and the comfort to give you whatever it is that you need. But there are times, there are moments when you need to invite the Holy Spirit to come into that moment and sit on that throne to shake the foundations of whatever that prison is that's bounding you and open those doors to your freedom. Paul and Silas are doing this through prayer and praise. See, they're not, they're not focusing on the pain and allowing their, themselves to be paralyzed by their past. But they are praying and they are praising in their present. And because they are praying and, and praising in their present, now the Holy Spirit comes and sits on the throne of that moment and does something that nobody would have been able to do on their own. Paul and Silas wouldn't have been able to do it. All the other people in jail wouldn't have been able to do it. The guard wouldn't have been able or been willing at least to do what God was able to do in that moment when the Holy Spirit comes and sits on the throne of that moment. And why did the Holy Spirit come and sit on the throne in that moment? It's not because he just decided to. It's not because Paul and Silas were in some dire need. It's because the Holy Spirit was invited to come sit on the throne of this moment through their prayer and their praise in the midst of their pain and their problems and their prison. Some of us, we keep ourselves in prison because of how we respond in the present. Because we're so focused on the past. We're so focused on what got us into this prison. Whether they did that to us or whether we made that mistake. Whatever it is, we're so focused on the past that we don't pray and praise in the present. And therefore, we, those, those doors remain shut. Those guards remain there. Those shackles remain on. And we come and we recognize God's still on the throne in heaven. And we recognize that Jesus is still in our heart, but we're bound. And we're not free. Because there are these moments in time in our lives when the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to come and sit on the throne of that moment and we're not praying and praising. We're not inviting him in through his word. We're looking at our past and our pain. And the Holy Spirit's like, if you would just pray and praise me right now in the middle of this prison at midnight when you are most tired, when it's least likely for you to be doing this. Why? Because that's an act of faith. That is like, God, I should be asleep. I'm exhausted. I'm hurting. But I love you and your presence so much that I'm willing to pray and praise even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't have any natural reason to do this. It's not like they had gotten news that tomorrow you'll be getting out. Tomorrow was going to be worse than today. And here they are in that moment giving up of themselves their rest, their comfort, even their natural thinking to say, I better get ready to face what I'm going to have to face tomorrow. And they decide to pray and to praise and the Holy Spirit comes and the presence of God comes in such a way that brings them freedom. Now, there's so much in this and we don't have time, but if you go, if you, if you, if you look at this again, like, What's amazing is these doors open. The jailer is about to kill himself because if he doesn't kill himself, he's going he's gonna to face a torturous death because all these prisoners got away. And, like, that was his job to keep them in. And so he's going to kill himself. And so 
Paul's like, no, 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 don't. And Paul, Paul doesn't say, hey, me and Silas are still here. Me and Silas are still here. Don't kill yourself. He doesn't do that. You know what he does? We are all still here. All of them are still there. Now, come on. Come on. Seriously. This is not church. This is not a deacon's meeting. This is not a pastor's convention. This is prison. These are guys that may be murderers. I mean, thieves. Like, like these are like bad guys. These are not followers of Jesus. They are in prison. The doors open. The earth shakes. The guards are terrified. And they don't run. Seriously. Not one of them. Not one. Not one of these big tough guys, these bad guys, takes their freedom and runs for it. (laughs) Not one. What happened? It wasn't that God just got on the throne in heaven and permeates the earth. It's not. It's not even in that moment that those bad guys, if you will, put Jesus on this throne of their hearts. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit showed up on the throne of that moment. And when he shook the earth and opened the jail cells, there's something spiritual that happened that we're not told about. And I know that because if it would have just been the doors open, I know at least some of those guys would have been gone. But Paul and Silas like, no, 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 we're all still here. Why? Because the presence of God was there. And the presence of God sitting on the throne of that moment, even those bad guys were like, I'm not leaving this. I'm not leaving the presence of God to run after some freedom. They had recognized, they may not have been able to articulate it, but they knew that the presence of God was greater even than the freedom that they thought they needed. The presence of God was so amazing that it kept the believer and the unbeliever we get into the presence of God, when when two and more gathered in his name, when we draw near to him, when when we praise his name and he comes to live in that, it's not just for the believer, it's also a sign to the unbeliever. If you get to that place where you're genuinely and passionately praying and worshiping God and an unbeliever comes into that moment with you and the Holy Spirit has shown up and is on the throne of that moment, they're not going to leave either. They may not know it, they may not be able to explain it, they may fight it. But the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit comes and sits in that moment, changes everything. It changes everyone. God will show up when he decides to, when he needs to, and when he's invited to. And when he shows up, we all know it. And we all want to be there with him as he shows up and as he's there. So a part of that is us as believers, if you're a believer in here, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What does that mean? That means show up. See, one time after Jesus died and rose again, all the disciples were together, and and Jesus comes in, and he comes through the walls. He just appears to them. 
and it's the presence of God in that moment to them, and it's amazing and it's powerful. But if you remember, there was one that wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas was not there as they gathered together, and he literally missed the presence of God showing up in that room. Now, God is so good that seven days later, he comes back for Thomas to prove himself to Thomas. But, 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 but man, think about this. You're in this mental, emotional prison, maybe even financial prison, and the Holy Spirit sits on the throne of this moment as we're gathered together, either in this place, if this is your church or wherever your church is, and the Holy Spirit shows up in that moment, or the Holy Spirit shows up in one of these homes of our faith group leaders. And in that moment, you get the opportunity to experience the presence of God showing up in that space. And he is going to shake the foundations of everything that's imprisoning you and open those doors to your freedom. And you went to the movies. You slept in. You said, I went to church on Wednesday. Why would I need to go to a faith group? Or I went to church last Sunday. It's going to be online, right? I don't need to. Let me, let me tell you something. When the presence of God shows up, it's hard to get it online. Y'all ever watch this church service online and everybody's going nuts and you're like, what? This is, like, come on, man. Let's move it on. I may or may not have done that here when I'm somewhere else. And I'm like, come on. Somebody do the welcome. Let's go. But I'm not here. And I'm not experiencing the Holy Spirit sitting on the throne of that moment because I'm not here. And I wonder if some of us have missed out on our breakthrough, missed out on our freedom, because we weren't there. We didn't show up. Pray in your present. Praise in your present. Your freedom could be tied to the place where the presence of God is. So show up. Show up. This is not about getting more people here. If this ain't your church, show up to your church. Don't miss. Because if God can speak through a donkey and a rock and cry out and give him praise, like surely me or whoever your pastor is can, can, I mean, you can get something. When the presence of God shows up in these moments and sits on that throne in these moments, Here's what I know. I don't know exactly what it'll do or what it'll say or how it'll work out or what'll happen, but I do know you don't want to miss it. I do know if there's a jail full of people who are criminals and they didn't want to leave, you're not going to want to leave. Don't miss it because it's about to be football season. We got two services. You can come to the nine. You can still catch the pregame show. Don't miss it because you're tired. I got to close. I got to close. You know, what, you know what happens, though? A lot of times when things are going good, man, we show up. We're there. And when we feel like we get beat down and maybe we get, in, we get thrown in prison, we start resting. And the midnight hour comes and the Holy Spirit wants to sit on the throne of that moment and we're resting. 
because we, we, we justified it. Like, I, do you know how much I've worked this week? Do you know what's happened to me? Do you know what I got to do after church? Do you know I just got off work? I can't go to church. I just got off work. I got to go to sleep. I can't go to faith group. I don't have time for that. Man, listen, if you're not a believer in here, I'm not really talking to you in this moment. But if you are a believer, at some point, we got to believe what we say we believe. Like, we got to go all in or not, not, like, I mean, the Bible talks about this. Like, if you're lukewarm, he's going to spit you out of his mouth. Like, at some point, you got to grow to the place where, like, man, I want God, I want the Holy Spirit to be on every moment of my life more than I want to sleep, more than I want to recuperate, more than I want anything in this life. I want his presence. And I know he's on the throne, and I know he's with me, but I want him to show up. And if I can just get one other person to draw near with me and and praise him and pray, then I know he's showing up because I have the promises of that in his word, and he will be right there among us whether we feel something or not. But God, I just want your presence with me. I know you're in me, but I want you to show up in this moment. God, I'm inviting you to show up in this moment. When I open your word, you're right there. When I pray, you are right there listening and you are with me. When I worship you genuinely and passionately, your anointing shows up and you do something. There's a freedom that happens in those moments. And as Christians, we've stopped valuing those moments. We just want him to show up. We just want him to show up. We want him to decide to show up. I got to close. I heard something this week, and it was such a good point. I don't know how I've never thought of this. You look at all these other religions in our world, and man, they pray. I mean, they pray. Pray at multiple times a day, at a certain direction, at a certain posture, and like they do it. If we have a prayer meeting today at 5 o'clock, we could fit all of that in my little office right there. All of us could probably go in that office right there and do that prayer meeting. We don't need the sanctuary to do a prayer meeting. Why? Why is that? Because we're not willing to do what we need to do to get the Holy Spirit to sit on the throne of these moments. We're not valuing the power, the joy of the presence of God. Now, we want him in our lives and him to do all this stuff for us, but to, to get him to sit in this moment, uh, uh, it's too hard. I'm too tired. I'm too busy. None of this is in my notes. But we, we got to get to a point, if you're a believer in Jesus, or man, I, I, I need... I need the Holy Spirit. I need Eddie to get up, and I need him to come with me everywhere I go. I, 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 I need him. Like, if I'm coming to church, I need you on that throne. I need you with me. I need you in that moment. Y'all know you need the Holy Spirit on the way to church, but you really need the Holy Spirit on the way home from church. Especially y'all married folks. Y'all know. Y'all sit here and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You get in that car. What? You don't know where you want to go to eat? You didn't make lunch? What? what? You didn't buy grocery? What? 
and you go on your job, and I need the Holy Spirit to come with me on Monday. I need the Holy Spirit to come with me on Tuesday. I need the Holy Spirit to get me here on Wednesday so I don't fall asleep during the sermon on Wednesday. I need him on Thursday because I just heard the word again on Wednesday. So he's coming back for the, Satan's coming back for the word on Thursday. I, I need him on Friday because Fridays, there's some of that temptation to go out and do what I used to do on Fridays. I need the Holy Spirit in that moment to keep me in my house, to keep me in my prayer closet, to keep me in a state of recognizing that God is with me and he is on the throne. I need him on Saturday to not sit there and watch 82 hours of football. To actually get up and do something with my life? <laughs> okay, I just appreciate y'all. Y'all just gave me a moment. I'm, I, think I, I think I'm good now. That was <laughs> but I need him on Sunday that when we turn these lights out and we turn this music up and Zoe comes up here and leads us in worship, that when everybody else is experiencing him sitting on that throne, that I'm right there with him. And I'm experiencing that and I'm getting everything that God wants me to get. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.